If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, Three, two, Wednesday, day before Thanksgiving edition of the Jeff Cameron Show. Welcome in. I'm Jeff. Tom is here. Rector Matthew is not. He's wandering about the earth. On Twitter, it's at Cameron Show, and we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. A quick reminder that allows me to do this on two fronts because we're going to tell you what's what for Friday. And, of course, Friday is brought to you by our friends at Zaxby's. The whole day. Pre-game, post-game, no game at all. Any time is the right time for Zaxby's Platters. Just as long as you're hungry, feed your team with your choice of traditional or buffalo fingers or boneless or traditional wings, for that matter. If you're having trouble deciding, get the best of both worlds with a sample or platter. And don't forget that world-famous sauce. Satisfy your chicken craving with a Zaxby's Platter. It's delicious. Order online or in the app. Your Tallahassee Zaxby's, a proud Golden Chief booster for 17 years. As always, go Knowles. Four o'clock, the doors open at Hotel Indigo. That's good news. Maybe you're tailgating, ready to get it on. Go on over to Hotel Indigo, get you, get you a cold beverage or a hot beverage for that matter. I don't know. And then 4.30, the live show begins. Tom and myself with uh, War Chant Game Day uh, as we will sit atop lovely Hotel Indigo, overlook the uh, – Parking and the intramural fields, as they are probably going to be at the brim, right? They'll be maximized uh, with space and celebratory friends and family joining for a, hopefully an ass stomping of the Gators. Stadium in the backdrop is always lovely as, as well, of course. 
in-game watch-along, Dominic Robinson, breaking it down as well, joining Aslan and Tom. Uh, and then, of course, in the post-game wrap-up, where everybody hopefully is obviously in a great mood, uh, kind of settle in and enjoy the post-game call-in show. And I also think uh, you know, you'll be able to sit back and, and think about how great your Saturday is going to be with a win in the rear view, and then you're watching all the other games. Let everybody else go to battle. How great is that, huh? Well, and you could be watching a keg stand as well. Multiple keg stands and multiple beer funnels because uh, just in case you haven't heard, folks, it all started with one innocent question from our Eric Angel, a, a, a war chant chat frequenter and a pillar. He asked, Jeff, would you do a keg stand if Florida State goes 5-0 and after the bye week? And much to my surprise, Jeff said yes without yes, even hesitation. Are you surprised that you did that? No. Okay. I, um, I like to drink, and I, you know, I think – having a little fun with it during the course of the year and uh, enjoying yourself and having goals, Tom. Yeah. Having goals are very important. I, uh, I, I will say I have not done a keg stand in over 20 years that I'm aware of. I, I, I think I lasted a keg stand in the nineties. Uh, I'm fairly certain it was the nineties. You know, it's very weird for me at my age to say the nineties and realize how long ago that was. Because it was uh, yours truly in his prime in his twenties, uh, loving the nineties <laughs> and and and, and uh, eating it up, you know. So I would have been in my twenties the last time I did a keg stand. Um, you know, I don't think it's a good look for grown men, fathers of two, happily married professionals, to be doing keg stands on the regular. So I'm glad to say that I haven't in a long time, but. Um, Obviously, I'm not adverse to doing so. Yeah. Uh, when that opportunity presented itself, because Eric asked the question, I thought, well, hey, how how can I get yelled at for doing a keg stand now when when I'm just servicing the fans? I know, phrasing Jeff, phrasing, but I'm just telling you, uh, I'm excited about the opportunity to do a keg stand. I don't know how it'll go. I don't know. I used to be able to do it, and and I almost looked like I was born to do it. But uh, but now I don't I don't know how that's going to look. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have to go for 30 seconds or anything crazy like that. You know, it just needs to be uh, a good attempt. And what I liked about it is it, and I hope this does happen because it'll be 1130 on Saturday. Like, what the hell are you talking about? 1130 a.m. on Saturday. There will be keg stands and there will be beer funnels and the beer funnels, which is interesting as this damn sun. I mean, it's just ridiculous uh ira you has throw said, that camera into a lake i i do man it's it is just, a useless ass camera it is it, it does not know how to deal with the sun emerging from the clouds <laughs> you would think in this day and age yeah. of technology that it would just auto adjust and i've got to work the sliders like i'm working the board of the at the radio station it's, yeah it's, but ira didn't turn down the notion that maybe he would do a three or a four beer funnel which is just unbelievable Gene said, I'm not playing that game. It's a one beer funnel, but it'll be all of us on the stage. That is the, the corner pockets outdoor deck to prevent from the mess. Anyway, the thing that I love about it the most is at 1130 on Saturday last week, your dad said, I can't wait to hold my son's leg in the air when he does his keg stand. He wants to be your keg bearer. He wants to be he, he's already called a leg. So. We're looking for people out there who will hold our legs as we go aloft for yeah. the fans. So there will be plenty of volunteers to hold up the leg. I mean, this is, it's fun to do. It is, uh, I remember 
the best part, and we'll move on from this, but the best part of the keg stand that I that I last did, as I referenced in the nineties, uh, was that I was held up, ho- hoisted it, with gusto. Uh, people, the two friends that grabbed my legs were like, "Come on!" The next thing I knew, I was upside down. I was like, "Oh Jesus!" And there we were. So, I hope to be lifted with gusto. You don't need to ease me up. Let me up. Let's go. Let's get it going. And then the key is, if you have forgotten, which I'm sure instinct will take. Well, you guys should have your other hand on the on the cake. That's right, but it's got to be centered. It's it's basically over the the clavicle line because if you put it to the side, then you're just going to be flopping in the distance. So you, you want to put it right under there. It's almost like you're doing tricep push-ups. You yeah, know? no, no, I I I got it. Oh, it's I think we're I think we'll it, you know it's like riding a bike. Yep, yep. I'll I'll know. I'll I'll just I'll have a feel for it. Like oh, this is this is what we used to do back in the day. <laughs> so what is the percentage chance that this is going to be a thing? You know, because it's going to happen if we win. So I'm asking you in code, not great code. What do you think about the chances, the confidence level? What percentage chance would you give Florida State of coming away at nine and three and us doing keg stands on the deck? Pretty high. I do think Florida State, you know, look, I think Florida State should win the game, but I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think Florida's going to show up. Uh, I think they'll play hard. You're going to have to give them a reason to wilt, and maybe they will. Uh, I, I think it's it's imperative that Florida State gets off uh, to a good start. I, I think um, if you if you want what we've enjoyed for weeks on end now, some semblance of a rocking chair game where you're not wringing your hands in the fourth quarter, I think you've got to get out and get out in front. I think if Florida is able to get a lead, you've got a war on your hands for four quarters. Uh, they'll begin to believe. It is the best opportunity they have to call this season successful. And if you think about where Florida's at right now, one game over 500, if they win this game, no matter what all the other games preceding this one looked like, Billy Napier will be able to sell to recruits, and certainly that fan base will think this way, and those players will believe this way, that this was a good season, that this was a successful campaign that in year one, he was able to go on the road and knock off an arch rival to get to seven wins. And, you know, you're talking about the long-term recruiting battles that are going to develop between Mike Norvell and Billy Napier. To have that ammunition, to be able to say that to recruits, like, look, man, I just got here. This place was in disarray. And in year one, I not only had a winning season, I went on the road and knocked off my rival whose coach has been there for three years. And it had won four straight prior to playing us. So, you know what? If you think that we're, we're really cooking right now, what do you think it's going to look like when I get you in here and I get guys like you in here and I got my own players and the system is understood and we're passing on the way we do things? You can really sell that. So I think the importance is uh, it, it can't be understated. It's not everything. Florida State could go on to be very good over the next two years, even if they were to lose this game. But I do think it's important. It wouldn't be a great look for Mike to lose at home to this team. Um, that you're favored by more than a touchdown to beat uh, and who just lost to Vanderbilt. Uh, so, you know, it wouldn't be a great look. The other thing is, I think for Florida State, and I talk about getting off to a good start, Florida State is brimming with confidence. They believe in each other. They believe in this coaching staff. They believe they're good. And if you go out and, and jump on Florida early 
And Florida, who's uncertain of what they are, and they just came off a, a loss that had to have certainly shook their confidence. Uh, I know there's no way in hell they thought they were going to go on the road and lose to Vanderbilt. No Florida team has since 1988. A rather dubious honor for uh, Florida to, to, to have that happen to them. That's going to go one of two ways. That's going to serve to seriously motivate them to want to go out uh, on a high note and uh, erase the, uh, uh, the the bad taste in their mouths of having lost to Vanderbilt, or it's going to shake them to their core and they get down early again and they think, well, think, let's just get this over with and get home. This is not our year. We're going to go to a bowl. We'll be six and six. It's what it is. Uh, you know, let, let's get the hell up out of here. It's not our day. But if it's 14-7 Florida late in the second quarter, and or 21-14 or something like that, and they're having success, that's a blood-in-the-water scenario, and you get very nervous, Tom, if that happens. So I, I could picture both things happening. I really can. I do ultimately, per what we talked about last hour, I think the maturity level that Florida State plays with, the belief that Florida State plays, plays with, the level of execution that Florida State's played with, suggests that if they just stay the course, whether it's 7-7, 14-14, 17-14, early third quarter, 21-14, if they just stay the course, the more at-bats they have against this defense compared to the at-bats Florida's going to have against our defense. At the end of the day, I think Florida State is able to execute more often than Florida is, and that should allow for that, that gap to be created, that, that, that kind of two-score gap that gives you a working margin that allows you to relax and, and just execute your plays. It allows the defense to go out and kind of pin their ears in some situations, knowing that Florida in the second half of a two-score game has to make something happen. And then that's how you create turnovers. That's how you create that momentum and that change where Florida begins to fight an uphill battle and Florida State kind of dictates terms. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's pretty close at halftime. You know, I'm starting to get old enough now where I can go back into history of this rivalry and say, you know, let's delve back into two examples of games in Doak Campbell Stadium that we were at together and different results, but they were both similar before the game kicked off in, mm. in so far as Florida State should win the football game. In 2010, that game ended really nicely for FSU. It was 31-7. to They actually had a situation where they would have had a, a pick six called back. Um so it would have been even a bigger beatdown. But it, it wasn't immediately a blowout. There was a feeling out process in that game. And before the crescendo moment, which was a, a fake punt, and then Christian Ponder to Rodney Smith, for a quarter there were some turnovers, there was some sloppy play, and it was almost like Florida State was not ready to take the mantle, and then they realized, oh, Florida's just ready to give it to us. And then mm -hmm. they, they ran away with the game. And then in 2012, that was a game in which you had to invent a way to be in a position to lose the football game. Florida had the ball in the first half for 21 minutes, just about 21 minutes on Mark Stoops' yeah. defense. And the defense held the fourth down. I, I think there was a fourth down stop deep in our own territory. Um, but there were also four turnovers for Florida State in which FSU still had the lead or were they, they were within touch of the football game with four turnovers. It wasn't until the fifth turnover that the game was kind of over because at that point, the defense was so exhausted. Florida, I think on the first play after our fifth turnover, scored on a running touchdown right up the middle. But well, and, and Jimbo played EJ Manuel after a concussion. He did. And then, but then also, uh, you know, much to our dismay, EJ at the end of the game, at the final play of the game, he ran like we asked him to run since uh, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. 
And and what what's frustrating um, about that game was that you just never had the ball in the first half, and and you gave them the ball, and so you set the foundation for that upset to occur, and it did. That's what Billy Napier wants to do. Is he wants to play from the uh, the playbook of ten years ago with Will Muschamp, which is if I can possess the hell out of this ball, that's fewer opportunities for this lethal ass offense and my terrible defense to be, to be on the field at the same time. So what does it come down to? It comes down to turnovers and it comes down to third down execution both ways. I think that's what the story of this game is. Turnovers, you never know. So that that's hard to speculate on. But third down, you can speculate on. Florida is terrible on third down as a defense this year. Uh, at last check a few weeks ago, I think it was over 50% they were allowing opponents to convert on third down. But then also, if Florida, conversely on offense, is able to pick up a third down or a fourth down, and Billy Napier is not afraid to do that, then that's an extra minute and a half off the clock. I don't think he's rushing to score here. I think he's trying to take and, and, and shrink the game down to as few possessions for this offense as possible. That's their path to victory. Well, they don't play fast, so you're right. He's not in a rush. I agree with you there. And then the other thing I would say is that Florida State has got to get off the field on third down. I mean, you, you don't want to turn this into, oh, my God, the quarter is over, and we haven't had the ball but one time. I mean, you, you, you're right. I mean, that's how pressure mounts with each possession, because when you realize that you're not going to see it again for seven or eight minutes, yes. uh, you recognize the pressure to do something with when you have it. I just think third downs for Florida State on offense are about Jordan Travis. And I just think that, look, Florida's been bad about this, but if they have to, they got to run Jordan. They're just going to have to run Jordan if they have to. It, you got, by all means, by any means, you got to win the game. You got to win the game. There is no tomorrow, to quote Rocky. I mean, this is it, or Apollo. This is it. This is, look, there is no tomorrow, man. You have to play like your hair is on fire, Jordan. This is a game. Because even if, even if you get beat up, even if you end up, and God forbid, but even if you end up with a season-ending injury because you have to go to war with your legs and, you know, you're just, I don't know, you dislocate your shoulder or your elbow, I don't wish that upon anybody, obviously. My point is, the bowl game's the bowl game. This matters more. If you win your ninth game and sweep your rivals, matters way more than anything that's going to happen in a bowl game. When guys opt out anyhow, you're not probably going – it's unlikely you're going to the Orange Bowl, so you're not even going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. Nobody really cares if you have to start your backup for that game. People will understand what the deal is. Play to win this game any way imaginable, and that is Jordan's got to make plays with his legs if it's a close game, if it's a close game. Now, who knows? Maybe it's not. As you correctly note, I think there is a path to blow Florida out. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I do think there's a path to it, so maybe they don't even have to worry about that, But and let's hope. They don't well, have to worry about that. But Jordan can run and make this uh, a, a moot point. Florida can assist us in a path to blowing them out, too, in a couple of ways. that We all know about the defense, and we understand that they're, they're very generous. It's a very generous mm -hmm. defense down in Gainesville. The other way that they can help us is Napier is running in games like this, in which he knows that he can't trade possessions or punt the ball away too often. If they get into third and six or third and seven, got to be alert on a traditional run call. Because they are playing for two They're downs. Playing four downs. They're playing for two downs at third and third medium. If they can get it to fourth and three, fourth that's and a good two, point. They're they much like the Carolina Panthers of six and seven years ago with Cam Newton. They know that they've got a diesel quarterback there. They don't run it. It's not as obvious. They run other things. They'll, they'll roll them out and do things like that. But just because you win third down, 
doesn't mean that they're not going to go for it on fourth down. But if you can stop them in those situations, you're going to get a short field, and then this thing's done. You know that that's yeah. but you third and six, third and eight. He's done it all year. He'll run the ball. He'll Look, run. He'll run veer. He'll yeah. just run. He'll run a simple veer. Yes, it's nuts. Yeah, no, I've seen it. You're right. All right, we got to make picks with my mom. She's going to join us really briefly here. We would otherwise have missed them because. We have Thanksgiving three games, and obviously we're not on the air tomorrow. So we're going to bring Mom here in just a minute. We split last week one-to-one, and so I'm still up seven. We'll do that next. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. <laughs> Well, we weren't going to let uh, the proceedings uh, continue without having mom on and getting our picks in before Thanksgiving. The week is unique, obviously. No show tomorrow for Thanksgiving, but there are NFL games. So we had to make do and scramble and get mom in here. By the way, we split last week on the picks. Uh, I had Dallas over uh, Minnesota, but she did get me with that Atlanta pick. I had the Bears. I thought their magic would continue. It did not. So we split. So the lead is still seven for yours truly. If you would, Tom, let's cue it up, baby. And now for another edition of the family pick, Nick. Go to your room! Mana, the meatloaf! Take it away, Jeffrey. And with that, I shall we welcome in Mom. Mom, how are you? You doing all right? I'm doing good. This was kind of a quick get together thing. I wasn't quite ready, but anyway, I'm as ready as I'm going to be, I guess. Yeah. Well, we all have to scramble because we have games tomorrow. In fact, there are three games tomorrow and that's where we're going to begin. We split. I don't know if you could hear me on the broadcast there. We split last week, mom. I know we did. I know we did. So I didn't lose any ground. I'm still making my comeback. All right, here we go. On that note, the lead is seven. Let's get in and get out and make it happen. Buffalo Buffalo at Detroit tomorrow at 1230 on CBS. I'm taking Buffalo. Me too. The Giants are at the Cowboys at 430. I know. Golly, it's a lot. Um, I take in Dallas. Me too. The Patriots are at the Vikings. Interesting game at 820. Oh, I know. Um, I took Minnesota. I, I, I think that the you know New England could win, but I I'm sticking with Minnesota. Bounce back game for Minnesota. Short week though. It'll be interesting to see how they do. All I right, know. the Broncos. The Broncos are at the Panthers in a game nobody should be forced to watch. I know. I'm taking Denver. It's one of those, like you said, it's a terrible game. I I don't know if anybody will be watching, but anyway, I I took Denver. 
I can't decide. I really can't decide. I, I, I do think Denver's defense is pretty good, so I'll go with Denver, but it's tough. All right, Mama. Big game for our Buckaroos. Oh. One o'clock on Sunday at the Browns. I know. Oh my gosh. I'm I think the Bucks are mounting their their charge. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do okay. I, I hope. I everything's crossed. I'm picking the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks as well. The Jaguars uh, hosting the Ravens. Yeah, I'm t- I took Baltimore. Texans at Dolphins. Dolphins. Bears at Jets. Yeah, that's kind of a hard game for me. Um, uh, I want to pick Chicago, but I don't know. I kind of like the Jets. and um, I took the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets. They've got a problem at quarterback. Zach Wilson is shrinking, not getting better. And now we've got controversy. I would like them to start Joe Flacco. I know Tom Lang would like them to start Joe Flacco. But uh, uh, Flacco at this point is better than Zach Wilson. But I'm taking the Jets as well. All right, Bengals and Titans, great game. Yeah, that is a great game. I uh, I got to look here because I picked these so quick. I got to make sure I know what I'm doing. I took Cincinnati. I'm going to take the Titans at home against Cincinnati. So Okay, I think that's a good pick. I do. So, I do. Why didn't you I take them? It, I hope it doesn't prevail, but I think it's a good pick. Falcons at Commanders. I'm taking my Commanders. Yeah, Chargers at Cardinals. Yeah, what? Listen, I didn't even know. I watched that game this, what was it, Sunday night or whatever. I didn't know that Kyler Murray had gotten hurt. Where was no, I? He sucks anyhow, Mom, even when he plays, so don't worry well, about yes, it. Well, yes, but he, listen, he's about the only chance they have when he plays. I mean, that poor Colt McCoy, he looked like a deer in the headlights. Um, I think he's better than Kyler Murray. You do? I think oh, Kyler Murray sucks. I don't know. Well, anyway, now tell me, is a, who's, who are they playing again? Um, Chargers, Mom. Yeah, okay, I'm taking the Chargers. Thank you. After all uh, that. After all that, yes. Um, the Raiders are at the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks. The Rams are at the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Saints at 49ers. 49ers. Packers at Eagles. Oh yeah, I, you know, I, I'm taking the Eagles, but I, I'm, I'm wondering what's going on with them. Um, I'll take the Eagles as well. Yeah. And then finally, Steelers at Colts. Two teams that stink. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that game. Um, I took Indy. All right, so we have just one game different this week. That is it. That's all. So just one game. I've got the Titans. You've got the Bengals. The the margin is seven, and we'll go from there. We'll see what happens. Well, I want to hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving, and I sure enjoyed being with you last weekend. It was so fun. It was fun. Meet some of our fans. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Love you, Mom. I'll I'll talk to you on Thanksgiving. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So the quick interaction there with Mom, we had to get our picks in. We did. And we have just the one different there. There were opportunities to go a different direction. But I have to say, I'm not surprised the slate ended up seeing us with just one different. I mean, I guess you could take the Steelers against the Colts. Uh, There are a couple of other games that you might be inclined to say go the other way. That Falcons-Commanders game is one of them. Bears Jets, I wonder how they're going to respond to the controversy with Zach Wilson. 
it's tough, tough to know. That that is an interesting situation bearing out in, in New York as well. All right, Jeff Cameron Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV continues in a moment. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Fun to wager with Mama. Now we go and solve for the future, thanks to my partners and collaborators and dear friends and sponsors at ISF. ISF's been really, really good to us this year. It's been fun working with them. I really appreciate our partnership. That's what they'll do for you. They are an IT strategy firm uh, for 40 years. They've served state government business clients across the country, not just here locally, but across the country. I, I say it all the time, but I mean, when you've got over 1,500 projects in your back pocket and you worked with state governments all across the country, um, you know, obviously, their expertise is proven. It works. They help state governments solve through strategy, process, and technology. Uh, and they're able to streamline that process so that you can get the amazing works and visions that you want completed done. That's what ISF does. Uh, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the collaborative work that ISF has, and they talk about um, when you're in tough times and you're going through and working together, uh, you have to remain calm. And that would be critical, consistent, accountable, and listening along with managing the game. So that's calm and acronym for, for that. And, and I think that's true of this game. I think Jordan Travis, we keep coming back to it, Tom, if we're going to solve for the future here, has got to be calm. He's got to manage this team the way he has for most of the season. He's got to be the guy in control. You know, games like this come down to the quarterbacks and often, uh, oftentimes making critical plays on third down, keeping drives alive, even flipping field positions. It, it can be the little things uh, that make the difference in the game. Now, we think we have the better defense, so you'd like to believe you can force Anthony Richardson into some mistakes that Jordan Travis won't make on the other side. Uh, but 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 again, if both quarterbacks are playing at a very high level, we can end up seeing a real duel, uh, a real showdown here between two guys that at their best are really good college quarterbacks. So yeah. I hope Jordan Travis is able to continue to show that leadership and that calming presence that he's had on the biggest of stages this year. He was great against LSU. He did not handle it well against NC State. I thought he helped lead a, a great comeback against Wake. There were moments there where he's making some plays that you have to have happen, and he's been really consistent, of course, these last four games. Let's see if he's that guy who's, again, graduated and learned from mistakes of the past. I think he is. Yeah, what I find interesting, and this is kind of a tangent, but I've been thinking about this a lot this week when I looked at the college football playoff rankings again just to see where certain teams stand. It's not the biggest deal in the world, but I want to see where the ACC was in the SEC and, and Louisville, for example, crept in at 25 this week on the Tuesday night selection show. And it just got me to reflecting on the relative strength of the conferences this year. And I think you can make an argument that for the first time since, I don't know, 2014, the difference between the upper crust of the ACC and the difference between the upper crust of the SEC isn't that large. And the reason I say that is 
Look at Tennessee and what they did against South Carolina before Hooker got hurt. Yeah, they were giving up a gazillion points, yeah. Look at the vulnerability of Georgia to a program like Mizzou. Now, Georgia is still the best team in the country at this point. I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. Look at how LSU is the SEC West champion this year, a team that honestly shouldn't have been in the game with us down the stretch. And I get that they've improved, but so have we. And you look at what Florida did with Tennessee by extension or that Vandy beats Florida. I'm just saying that not only has parity increased in the sport this year, and that's why it's been more watchable outside of Florida State football games. I wonder how many teams Florida has played this year that are just straight up as good as Florida State. Usually we say that there's kind of have to be, there's going to have to be um, an, a, a period early in the game where you've got to get up to speed with what Florida does. Last year was a great example of that. We took the field against the Gators, and you saw at the line of scrimmage that, oh, man, this is just a completely different animal. I'm not so sure this year if they're not the ones who have to adjust to us. So in a way, I'm solving for the future with a working theory that I think a lot of these teams in the ACC and the SEC this year are more interchangeable in terms of talent than they have been in quite some time. And I think that we fit in the discussion of a top 10 team in the in the country this year. So that means that by definition, Florida has not really seen but one or two opponents that are on the level that we are on. So that is the path, I would say, to us going, whoa, I, I guess we're just that good. And, and there's a possibility that after a quarter, a quarter and a half on Saturday, you're saying, or Friday, excuse me, you're saying, you know what? It doesn't, conference affiliation be damned. This is just a really good football team in Tallahassee. Well, it's interesting. You're going to get more information on that front. But to add to your point, Pitt lost at Tennessee this year, 34 to 27, a seven point game. And uh, it was a game right up until the very, very end. Clemson's going to play South Carolina. Florida State's playing Florida. Uh, you're going to get opportunities to kind of find out what's what in those situations. Um, I don't disagree with you. I think that where the ACC gets hurt is it's not a great conference this year. I don't think it is. But that doesn't mean the SEC is. Like what happens is by default, we think, well, this conference is not very good. And we assume then that the SEC, because more consistently, they are the best conference in college football. Without question, the oh, SEC, yeah. oh, year in and year out, is I'm the better. I'm not trying team. to be that guy. I'm not trying yeah. to be that guy. No, no, I know you're not. I know you're not. But I, I don't think Mississippi State's a great team. Obviously, I don't think Ole Miss is a great team. Uh, Kentucky has not been great this year, but they were right there with Georgia. You know, I, I think Georgia's athletes, player for player, uh, is is quite a bit better than our team right now, but doesn't mean we wouldn't be in that game. I mean, it, it's it's a it's an interesting point you're making. Uh, Florida may not have played a complete team um, that is as good as Florida State, besides Georgia. Besides Georgia, yeah, um, they may not have a really have played a team that has and and Florida State. This is where Mike gets the credit. I guess we're all just vetting this right now with you. Mike gets the credit because. Florida State is better uh, than its parts. They just are. Florida. When you look at the way Florida State plays, he gets so much out of this team. There are. You said it earlier. There are not a ton of NFL guys on that field right now for Florida State. There just isn't. And yet, when you watch us play, Florida State looks like one of the best 15 teams in the country. Yep. Well, how is that possible? You've lost linemen 
you've missed your star players for stretches at a time. Like Fabian Lovett being gone as long as he was is devastating to a team that lacks talented depth at the position. They got players that are suitable, but they aren't elite players. They're not like Fabian Lovett. And Verse being hurt for a few games and not being able to star, he's your best rusher. Leads the team in tackles for losses, leads the team in sacks, is amongst the country's best in tackles for loss. So not having that guy at full strength for a, for a stretch of games, devastating to your team. You don't have a dominant corner. You don't. Your, your linebackers are thin. You got good play out of two guys, really good play out of one guy, pretty good play out of the other. And the guys behind those two guys aren't very good. They're just not very good. So how is it that you're dominating football games? Well, they play together as a team better than most. Any team Florida's faced this year, that is for sure. Well, and, and here's this is the easier way to approach this, just from looking at Florida State's offense. I'm going to run down in rapid fire the Gators' schedule thus far. Utah, Kentucky, USF, Tennessee, Eastern Washington, Mizzou, LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, South Carolina, and Vandy. How many offenses has Florida faced that are as good as this offense is for FSU? One? Yeah, so, so Tennessee's is obviously very, very good. Uh, elite. And they, they were playing them in September. So it's been two months since they've seen an offense that is this lethal. And I'd argue, I'd argue that this offense, and this is not recency bias because of what Tennessee didn't do against South Carolina, which was execute enough, but this offense is harder to prepare for because of the balance, the balance of it. You know, they've got Hendon Hooker, who when went healthy earlier this year, is a nightmare, and Hyatt, who is an absolute nightmare as well. But they can't run for 250 or 300 a weekend if they just want to do that. That's not what Tennessee's about. No. Florida State could run for 300 or pass for 300 any given week. That's what we've learned about this particular crew. They want to run the ball first, but they can go either way. So I'm just I'm just saying that even though I'm not a huge fan in general of doing the conference comparison game, this is a year, man. This is a year to me where I don't think there's that much difference between the two conferences, and, and we usually have a talking point on Wednesday of Florida week that, well, you're going to have to, you know, catch your breath a little bit early once you get up to the SEC speed and physicality. I just don't think that's a thing this year. I think that Florida State has already proven against LSU that they were more than up to speed for that particular opponent and that this is going to continue to bear out this weekend in the near future that you're going to see that Florida State is just, period, a good football team conference affiliation be damned. Kind of a fun year to talk about conference comparisons, though. Uh, I will say that. So, for example, you know, the American Athletic Conference has three teams ranked in the top 25, UCF, Tulane, and Cincinnati, right? I, are those great teams? No, but that's three in the top 25. Florida State, Clemson, Louisville, North Carolina, all ranked. NC State has fallen on hard times recently but formidable enough. Wake is formidable enough, right? So if you're just talking about some balance and depth, the Big 12 has been the most fun to watch. I think hands down it's been my favorite conference this year. That's because of Kansas State. That's because TCU is in the college football playoff as of right now. That's because of Texas and Oklahoma State and Baylor and Oklahoma and Kansas has been a fun team this year as well. So there's a little bit of depth there. The Big Ten lacks any depth whatsoever. You've got three good teams in the entire conference. They are Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Everybody else sucks to high heaven. The entire West is awful. If you want to look at the Pac-12 this year, trying to judge, USC's a fun team, probably the best offense in the country. Oregon has been a good football team this year. They got their doors blown off first game of the year. It's played well ever since. 
Washington is a very good football team, 9-2 and two ranked. Utah is a good football team, ranked. Oregon State ranked. UCLA ranked. A little bit more depth there than we're accustomed to seeing, but none of them play great defense. So they have their flaws. My point is there's balance all over the place there. You've got like a handful of teams at every conference that you go, yeah, they're good. They're pretty good. But if you took any one of those teams from those conferences and cross-matched and said, all right, well, this week, Ole Miss, okay, Ole Miss, who's whatever, okay, they're, they're okay. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad team. They're not a good team. They're not a real good team. So if you take Ole Miss and you play Washington, toss-up. I don't know who wins that game. I'd probably pick Washington, to be frank, because uh, I like their offense more. Uh, if you took, I don't know, USC against Alabama, 58-55, uh, who the hell is stopping anybody in that game? I, I, you know, I don't know who wins that game. Yep. So it's a lot of fun to talk about this year. You just kind of – it is. It's a jumbled mess, and that's the way college football should be. That's the way it should be. There's, that is competitive balance. Well, and it also just – for this particular game, it shows the improvement level. Sometimes we're, we're like, how do you pinpoint it? And, and you could look at stats. But just remember how fundamental, even though that game was close last year with the Gators, just remember how early on you could see the line of scrimmage and what a difference there was. Yeah, they were they were more physical and better, yeah. I mean, both ways they were. I thought so, too. And and in one season, and they still got to play the game. So, you know, you don't want to do the, the 100% assumption game. Florida's offensive line, I think, has a better chance uh, of making more of a statement than their D-line does. I know they got a 400-pounder on their D-line. But we change the, where the fight takes place and all that kind of stuff. And, and this O-line for FSU has gone leaps and bounds. But, I mean, you've gone in one year against the same program from what looked like a hopeless fight at the line of scrimmage to one that you feel very good about, and you've got a lot of evidence to support why you feel very good about it. It's just yeah. another way to say, well done, coaching staff. It's amazing how much you can do in just one year's time. That is solving for the future, and uh, the way we did it today was a little bit different than the way we've done it in the past. We just had a little bit of open-ended discussion about why Florida State has been able to execute and solve for the future and remain calm in the biggest moments. Post that Clemson loss, they have been spectacular. Can they be uh, on Friday? We hope so. We'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Wrapping it up on the Jeff Cameron Show the day before Thanksgiving. I want to say thank you to all of you who listen and uh, watch or both uh for the show this year it's been a blast it's, i love my job i say that all the time uh, but i'm reminded of it this time of year as we kind of reflect and uh, give thanks so thanks to everybody out there and to all the people who joined war chant you know that was the push when we started this year was we made our transformation we left rivals and we went to on three and it's been a very successful transition uh and that's because of you guys um you know we, we hope we've provided uh, what you were looking for we're going to continue to get better but we wouldn't have been able to do all the things that we've done without your support. Uh, your many contributions this year are greatly appreciated. And then, of course, for those of you who signed up at the time for it, it was just a buck. It's just a buck. Now it's just 10. It's just 10 bucks. 10 bucks. What are we doing? Go sign up. Go make it happen if you haven't signed up already. Let's go. Basketball team's winning games now, Tom. We got things. Here we go. <laughs> a game. A game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Victorious. 
Look good doing it too. So uh, we got one in the books there. Anyhow, baseball is going to be fun this year too, and 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 we we're you know we're going to continue to do what we do and get bigger and better. And we appreciate uh, your support with that. Also, want to thank my friends for this final segment from Tallulah. Uh, they have been a great partner for us as well. I've enjoyed uh, working with them, learning about them, and uh, I just I learned more yesterday. By the way, I was able to kind of. Have some more fun at Tulula. Now you guys all kind of roll your eyes and think, oh, camera's getting crazy. No, there's nothing like that. Uh, but I've learned that the CBD, man, is where it's at. A lot of people love the calming effect of CBD. It's not a hallucinogen. It's not. You're not. Not everything has THC in it, guys. You can use it for your sore muscles. You can use it to help your pets relax if they have separation anxiety or the thunderstorms or whatever it might be. It works for pets as well. And I did the float over there this year at Railroad Square, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I plan to go back soon. And then all the, the Kratom and the Kava drinks that I figured out help put you in a euphoric mood as well. Also not a hallucinogen, just a plant, guys. So you don't have to be on THC or the shrooms or whatever else. They got everything else over there. So Go enjoy something from Tulu. There's like a million locations now. There's Midtown. There's the north side of town. There's It's all over the place. You can find Tulu. So good. How, and there's our guy. How would you power rank the uh, the floating animals? The There's the the touchdown otter here, which is a tough one to beat and lead off. Of. You can't beat him, by the way. There is the hedgehog who's doing a whole lot of nothing. And then there's also <laughs> the seal that's going – and for folks who are missing out on WarChant TV, you got, you got to check out the show just once on WarChant TV. I'll, I'll bet you like it. Um, but uh, there's there's also the seal that's do, doing 360s. Now the seal doing the 360 is hilarious, just because look how happy he is just to be doing 360s. Um, but I have to tell you, I you can't beat the otter, but that hedgehog is hilarious. I mean, my man is like, I got this. I'm not. <laughs> He's happy, man. What He's each, happy. What each one of these three remind me of is me when I go to uh, on my Mexico trip, you know, and I just <laughs> that first full day because you get there, the jet lag and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But then that first full day when you go to the pool, you're just I'm I'm in all three of those stages. I'm just doing the twirl, <laughs> I'm doing the touchdown otter, like whoo, <laughs> and then I'm doing the hedgehog, which is later in the day, which is like oh, I better get out of the pool. It's time to get out of the pool. Yeah. Hey, a reminder, Friday. Four o'clock, they open it up at Hotel Indigo. 4.30, we go live with the pregame show. Myself and T. Lizzie right here. And then it's the in-game watch-along. Dominic Robinson breaking it down for you. Post-game show as well with uh, Tom Wang and Gene Williams. Hopefully, it's a celebratory post-game show on a season well-played and a sweep of the rivals. We hope that is what takes place. I also want to wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving. You guys uh, enjoy each other's company. And, uh, and have some fun and keep it together. And then, of course, join us for that pregame show. We cannot wait. And if it does happen, don't forget Saturday at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. It's time to do a keg stand, and I will do a funnel, and Tom will do a keg stand, and we'll all be celebrating together before a full day of football. Good times. That's right. There's all kinds of woos out there waiting to happen, and I hope we are able to celebrate each and every one of them. Okay. So on that note, do we have a game to give away? We have anything we want to give away? You've been you've been on fire with hockey. I've been okay on hockey. Um, no, you don't have to have one. You don't have to. No, have one. but but I, I do think now that we're back to a two-hour pregame show on Friday, they've been one hours for these noon kickoffs. We will do some prize picking. We'll do some prize picks on Friday. So for you gambling Jesse's out there, yes, we'll have some recommendations for you on Friday because uh, you know the rivalry slate is only beginning. Rivalry weekend, so yeah. I'm sure you'll have some insights on. Uh, I will. 
those big games. I will too. And uh, we look forward to do some picking on Friday. And maybe if you want to give out a couple of wagers too, because there is no redemption Thursday, uh, no pressure though. If you have, I'll, 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 I'll happily do it. I'm going to sit down and bet my numbers today. In fact, uh, really quickly, happy Thanksgiving to you, Tom. Safe travels. I know you're driving today. Okay. Safe travels. Wish your family a happy Thanksgiving for me. I'll see you on Friday. Short jaunt, but uh, careful on the roadways. And uh, I'll talk to you later. Hey, goodbye, everybody. Be good. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you on Friday. Be good. Enjoy your turkey.